0: So hear now the word of the Lord, Luke 14, verse 15. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come. For everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. The master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. The word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Everything is ready. Scripture says, Come, for everything is now ready. That's how the Lord prepares His table. It's ready. The provisions have all been made. The decorations are in place. The fatted calf has been killed. The wine is being opened and ready for service. Everything is ready. It's now time for the banquet. Previously, invitations had been let. And now the servant went out, the courier, to carry the message that now is the time for the banquet. Today is the day of celebration. Banquets in the Scripture are just everywhere. Uh, We even go back to the Old Testament. There are victory banquets. When Abraham had won a battle, he had a banquet there with Melchizedek. Uh, There are other occasions for banquets besides victories. There were banquets for special occasions. Do you know what one of the special occasions in the Old Testament was? When Abraham weaned Isaac. (laughs) He threw a banquet there in Genesis chapter 21 because this was the child of promise. This was the, the one that God had said would be the seed. This was the one that God had said would be the child of the covenant. The child that God had promised. And so Abraham could not wait for any other time so as soon as the little boy was weaned he had a big banquet banquets in the old testament are times of feasting they're times of festive celebration there are two great weeks of banquets in the old testament you have the passover and the the festival of unleavened bread the week that follows passover in the spring and in the fall you have the feast of tabernacles a 49-day celebration. Celebrating the harvest. These are times when it's joy and celebration and music and dancing. In fact, even one Old Testament scripture spells out all the musical instruments that are used at the banquet. It's not necessarily a time of som- somber consideration, but a time of joy and celebration. But there are times when a banquet or a feast, or a meal, is a time for mourning. It's a time of a funeral, a death. There are victory celebrations in banquets. There are covenant celebrations. When God gave the covenant to Moses, He brought the elders together, and they, with Moses, sat down to a great feast to have a banquet. Very important time. In fact, that's a precursor. To what we do here this morning this is a covenant meal this is a meal in which we partake of the blood of the new covenant and that's the major preparation for the banquet is the bread of life and the wine the blood of Christ Only on two occasions in Christ's ministry did he overdo it. And it was both having to do with the elements of the feast. On one occasion, he fed 5,000 people with a handful of loaves, bread, and 12 baskets left over. Abundance of the bread of life, the manna from heaven. On another occasion, he had 20-something gallons of excess wine at a wedding banquet. Jesus loved banquets. He's at a banquet when He's given this parable. In fact, He has three parables here that have to do with the banquet. And Jesus loved banquets so much that He had a little bit of a nickname. Behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber. Think about it for just a minute. Jesus loved banquets he loved the table fellowship he loved the the symposia that took place at a banquet where they would discuss important subjects Jesus loved to be with his disciples he loved to be with his family he loved to be with sinners you remember a parable we saw a few weeks ago the criticism of Jesus is that he invites and eats with sinners the outcasts the publicans. And Jesus was constantly attending banquets, enjoying banquets, speaking of banquets and looking forward constantly to an eschatological, a last day a final banquet a banquet that would be in the end it would be a banquet following the resurrection it would be a banquet that would be called the marriage supper of the Lamb And the banquet in its entirety, the feasting of the banquet and all that was involved in it is considered in the larger scope, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is coming to this banquet. And the summons first starts as a simple invitation. These people were invited to come. And these were prominent people. They were men who had houses and lands and married prominent women and had yokes of oxen and all of these things. These were very prominent people. And so when the man who gave the feast invited these, he certainly expected them to come. But look at the excuses they gave. Flimsy excuses. The first one says, I've bought a piece of land And I cannot come, please excuse me, I I bought this land and now I need to go look at it. You mean he didn't look at it before he bought it? Well sure he did. He just wants to enjoy it. His focus is upon his land, it's upon his possessions, it's upon that which he has accumulated into himself. He's the man that says, I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And it's the person to whom the Lord says, thou fool, this night shalt thy soul be required of thee. Another man was invited and he said, I've bought five yoke of oxygen and I must examine, I must try them out, I must see if they work. Five yoke of oxen, it only takes one yoke of oxen to plow a significant farm. If you've bought five yoke of oxen, you have a plantation. And you, if you've got any experience in managing the plantation, you've examined those oxen, you know they can pair and they can pull. Your focus is upon your productivity. It's upon that which you can do. It's upon that which you can accumulate. And once again, you're a fool because you've lost your priority in life. The other man says, I've married a wife. He didn't say, please excuse me. He just said, I cannot come. And I noticed some of you sort of chuckled at that. And I think that's the right response. There's no excuse. Bring your wife to the banquet. What better place to take a new bride than to the festive occasion of the season and of the area? No. There's a man that's focused upon personal pleasure. Here's a man that is focused upon his own life and what he can get out of it. The problem is they've all lost their focus. They are not honoring the man who gave the banquet. In fact... To refuse in the ancient world, and this is true even today in the Middle East, I understand. To refuse an invitation is to basically say to the host that you are dishonored. I hold you in contempt. It is a matter of defiance and indifference. It wasn't just simply a polite request for a rain check. It was saying to the host, I do not want to come to your banquet. I don't want to be in your banquet. And the story is Jesus tells it as the man gave the banquet, the invitations went out and the refusals and the excuses all came in. And it says the man was angry. That's that doesn't sound quite right, does it? Yes, it does. This particular theme is carried forth in the Gospels even in Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus is speaking in similar terms, He says, I tell you, many will come from the east and the west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. While the sons of the kingdom, that is the Jews, the Pharisees, and others, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness in the place there will, be no, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Refusal to come to the banquet saying, I'm not interested. I have more important things in my life. It is not something I feel I need to do. Refusing to come to the banquet is the grounds for condemnation. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. The host immediately amended his guest list. He told the servant this time, and by the way, those who like to look at all the details of a parable and make it kind of walk on all fours when they interpret it, say that the servant is Jesus. He follows in the line of John the Baptist and the Old Testament prophets and Moses who time after time after time came with the word of the kingdom of God to the leaders and to the house of Israel. The servant then goes out and here's where the host tells the servant to go. Go into the streets and lanes of the city. Not the boulevards, not the avenues, where the well-to-do dwell, but to the streets and to the lanes, to the back alleys, to the cross streets, the places where the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame dwell. You've studied the ministry of Christ. He spent countless hours teaching in the temple and in the synagogues. He gathered audiences around him of the highest sort. Even the high priestly family paid close attention to the ministry of Jesus, especially in the last six months or so of his ministry. But there were times, most of the time, when the Lord would go into the lanes and into the streets, and his ministry was reaching those people who were disabled, paralyzed, blind, poor. That's who the invitation comes to this morning. It comes to us. He said also, the servant went out and issued that invitation. And when those had all come, he said, there's still room. There's still room. And the host sent the servant back out again. And this time, he said, go into the highways and the hedges of the countryside, the most remote areas of the province, and bring in the country folk, the simple folk, the hard-working folk, but yet the needy, the desperate, the poor, and bring them in, and here's the goal, that my house may be full. The invitation then was urgent. He said, Compel them to come. It's a strong word. It means not physical compelling necessarily, but certainly giving an urgent expectation that you must be there, you need to be there, you've got to come to the banquet. It's for you. Never mind that you don't have anything to wear, never mind who you are, where you come from. The banquet is for you. And it is a banquet that says, Come. The invitation is instant and urgent. You need everything that the banquet offers. I mentioned that the banquet is the kingdom of God. Notice in the very last phrase, the very last words of this passage, verse 24. All of a sudden, Jesus sort of jumps out of the parable and into real life. This parable was right on pitch with reality. This is not a far-fetched story. This story is pretty straightforward. It's the story of God providing salvation. And that salvation is in Jesus Jesus Christ. And listen, for I tell you, here's here's the point of the sermon. None of those men who were invited shall taste there's judgment for those who do not come who those who offer the excuse for those that for any reason say i cannot come to the banquet they shall not taste my banquet oh there it is there it is jesus is talking about himself He's talking about coming to Himself. He's talking about entering the kingdom, coming by faith. To reject the banquet is to reject grace. It's to reject salvation. It's to reject Christ. And you condemn yourself by not coming. Salvation is freely Offered to all. None of us bring anything to the feast. Come to the banquet just as you are. Bring your hungry, thirsty, tired, starving soul to the banquet. Bring your sinful self to the banquet. Because the whole point of the banquet is the forgiveness, to drink of the water of life freely, to participate in the death of Christ by faith. Come guilty. Coming to Christ, you'll find your forgiveness of sins. Come helpless. You don't have to get your life right before you come to the banquet. The lame, the crippled, the blind, disabled, no ability, not only no worth, but no capacity. That's who the Lord calls to the banquet. You. When you see yourself Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs belongs the earth, the kingdom of God, the whole realm belongs to these. Come depressed. Many of you live in a state of mild depression. You may or may not have tried to help a little bit with pharmaceutical. But depression is a condition that comes upon the human soul with many, many complex factors and contributing causes. But it has one great spiritual purpose. It brings us to a low estate. It humbles us. It blinds us to all of our own capacities. It's letting us know a desperate truth in our life that we cannot live another day without the sustenance of salvation that comes from Christ. And the desperate condition of the depressed is a loud call to come to Christ. You say, I cannot come to the banquet. Why not? Are you offering flimsy excuses? Are you giving God some reason that you cannot come to Christ? At least not now. But now is the day of salvation. Today is the day the banquet is ready. Today is the day of the invitation. Right where you are, right where you sit, now, today, you can call upon Christ. Call upon Him in your heart. Talk to Him by faith, in your spirit, in your soul. I'm not asking you to come to the front of the the auditorium. I'm not asking you to sign a card. I'm not asking you to take a pledge. I'm inviting you to Christ and His abundance at the banquet. Tell the Lord, I'm coming to your banquet. Save a seat for me. I need it. I must have it. I cannot live another day without it. I cannot stand to be on this earth in the condition I'm in without Christ as my Lord and my Savior. The one who died for me. Lord, You loved me. You gave Yourself for me. You will accept me. You call me. You will forgive me. I hear You calling. Come. Simply come. Just say in your heart, too long. I have stayed away too far I have strayed away I will not ignore this invitation anymore say to the Lord in humble prayer I will answer the summons Lord I'm coming Lord I'm coming Are you making another flimsy excuse in your heart are you thinking of some reason that you don't need to come at all or some reason why you come later is there anything in your life more important than coming to Christ anything at all is there any idol is there any obstruction is there anything blocking you You know, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom. Jesus has already spoken about those that trust in themselves that they are righteous. Well, I see you at the supper of the Lord. Why? Why are you not coming?